I'm going to do something a little unusual this morning. In fact, I don't, I don't recall that I've ever done this. For my message today, I'm going to read you a story. And then I'll make a few comments about it later. But if you listen carefully and get the story, you'll get the message. Your Bible is full of stories. In fact, your Bible is a, is a book of 66 smaller books, makes up a whole library, and a lot of stories in the Bible. This is really a good book right here, a, a good book, good book to read from, good book to preach from. I remember when I was a young kid, I used to run a revival every year in Siler City, North Carolina, and I loved to go there because the pastor was probably the best, most well-read man that I had ever been around. He had a huge library, and when I'd go to his church for revival, I'd just get lost in his library and, and just read. He had books that were out of print. There's no way you could find them anywhere else. He had, I mean, it, and I'd, I'd just get lost. And I was in his library one day just reading away, and he walked in and said, How you doing? I said, Fine. I sure appreciate you letting me take advantage of your books. I said, But I, I, you, you know all these books. I said, I, I have to preach a lot, and it takes a lot of material to preach and tell me direct me to some books that would really give me some good sermon material and he threw me a bible he said try this there's a lot of good sermons in here i've never forgotten that and there's a lot of good stories in here and i'm going to read you one this morning from the seventh chapter of second kings and i'd like for you to listen very carefully and i want to make some application from it at the end but here's the story i'm going to read the whole chapter but by the way, this story is, you, you can almost see it as a drama, and it opens with different scenes. You can almost see the curtain opening on a scene and then closing, and, a, and another curtain open, another part of it. Let's read. Then Elisha said, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord. Tomorrow about this time, a shea of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel. And two seahs of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. So an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, now, when I read this next statement, I want, you to, I want you to hear it as sarcasm because that's the way it was given. Look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? And Elisha answered him, in fact, you'll see it with your eyes, but you'll not eat of it. Scene changes. Now, there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate, and they said one to another, Why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we'll enter the city, the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we'll die. Now, therefore, come and let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we'll just die. And they rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And, as, and when they came to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses and the noise of a great army. And they said one to another, Look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. 
Therefore they rose and fled at twilight and left the camp intact, their tents, their horses, their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. And when these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent and ate and drank and carried from it silver and gold and clothing and went and hid them. Then they came back and entered another tent and carried some from there also and went and hid it. Then they said to one another, we're not doing right. This day is a day of good news and we remain silent. If we wait until morning light, some punishment will come upon us. Now therefore come, let us go and tell the king's household. So they went and called the gatekeeper of the city and they told them saying, we went to the Syrian camp and surprisingly no one was there. Not a human sound, only horses and donkeys tied and their tents intact. And the king's household called out, and they told it to the king's household inside. And the king arose in the night and said to his servants, Let me now tell you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we're hungry. Therefore they have gone out of their camp to hide themselves in the field, saying, When they come out of the city, we'll catch them alive, and then we'll get into the city. One of the servants answered him and said, Please. Let several men take five of the remaining horses which are left in the city. Look, they may either become like all the multitude of Israel that are left in it, or indeed, I say, they may become like all the multitude of Israel left from those who are consumed. So let us send them and see. Therefore they took two chariots with horses, and the king sent them in the direction of the Syrian army, saying, Go and see. And they went after them to the Jordan. And indeed, all the road was full of garments and weapons which the Syrians had thrown away in their haste. So the messengers returned and told the king. Then the people went out and plundered the tents of the Syrians. So a seah of fine flour was sold for a shekel and two seahs of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. Now the king had appointed the officer on whose hand he leaned to have charge of the gate. But the people trampled him in the gate, and he died, just as the man of God had said, who spoke when the king came down to him. So it happened, just as the man of God had spoken to the king, saying, Two seahs of barley for a shekel and a sea of fine flour for a shekel shall be sold tomorrow about this time in the gate of Samaria. Then that officer had answered the man of God and said, Now look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could such a thing be? And he said, in fact, you'll see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. So it happened to him, for the people trampled him in the gate, and he died. I hope you got the story. It starts off talking about the city of Samaria. Samaria had been surrounded by the Syrian army. This was a military tactic of that day. If you had enough army army you could surround a city and, and just hold your place and kill anybody that tried to come out until all the food supply ran out and the people would starve to death and then they'd have to surrender. And you could go in then without a battle, just go in and take over. So Samaria has been sieged, surrounded, and is starving. And then up steps a man of God by the name of Elisha. How many of you like that guy, Elisha, in the Bible? How many of you study? You like old Elisha? Boy, I do too. He's one of my favorite. He's the, he was the servant of Elijah. And he's the one that said to Elijah, you know what I'd like to have? I'd like to have a double portion of your anointing. 
And Elijah told him, said, I'll tell you what, if you see me when I go up, you can have it. I believe God will give it to you. By the way, folks, if you'll hunger and thirst after God, you can have what, whatever you want from the Lord. God's not stingy with his blessings. In fact, if you study the, stu the life of Elisha, you will discover that he performed exactly to the number twice as many miracles as Elijah did. In other words, he got a double portion of his anointing. Anybody here today available for a double portion? Anybody like to have a double portion? Just wave your hand if you would. Yeah. Let the Lord see it this morning. Lord, I'd like, I'd like to have some of that anointing. Amen? He, he, he had that anointing. Well, he steps up in the midst of this horrible situation and gives a word from the Lord, and it's positive beyond what they can imagine. They're starving to death. They're running out of food. People are dying. Animals are dying. And the man of God said, You're not gonna, you may not believe this, but tomorrow, tomorrow, about this time, that you, you're going to be able to buy all the flour you want right here in the gate of the city. You're going to be able to buy all the barley you want. In fact, there's going to be so much supply tomorrow that the price is going to go way down. It's going to be so cheap you can't believe it. Praise the Lord. And, and, and it happened just like he said it would. Cause I, you, you heard the story. But, but there was a royal doubter in the crowd. The king. By the way, Elisha was giving this message to the king of Israel. Samaria was the capital of Israel at that time. And so he was giving this message directly to the king. And the king's right-hand man is standing beside him. And when he hears the word of God from the man of God, he comes out with this sarcasm. He just, he just blurts out and makes fun. And just, <laughs> ah, God would have to open windows in heaven. And basically he's saying, I don't, I don't believe God could do that anyway. And uh, listen, folks, let me tell you something. It's, it's a serious thing when you respond to the Word of God with doubt and unbelief. Be careful how you respond to the Word of God. Now, I didn't say that it's dangerous to struggle with doubt. I said it's dangerous to use your tongue. Remember, your tongue is an instrument of life and death according to the Word of God. And it's dangerous to use your tongue to come against the Word of God or the man of God or the message of God. And that's what this guy did. Sarcastically, he just blurted out his doubt and unbelief. Now, way over in the New Testament, Mark chapter 9, verse 24, there was a man that had a struggle with doubt as well. He wanted, God to, uh, wanted Jesus to heal his child. And Jesus told him, said, if you can believe, all things are possible to them that believe. And here's what he said. He was struggling with doubt too. But I want you to see the difference between the way the man in Mark 9 handled his doubt and the way the man in 2 Kings 7 handled his doubt. The man in Mark chapter 9, I'll just read it to you, verse 24. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears. Do you see his humility? He said with tears to the Lord Jesus, Lord, I believe help my unbelief. You see what he's saying? He said, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm just going to tell you, I, I, I believe, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you can do anything, but I'm, I'm struggling with believing that you can, can do this for me. But would you just help me with my unbelief? And, and you know, you know, the rest of the story, he got his prayers answered. God healed his child. Glory to God. <clears throat> Listen, folks, God doesn't mind you struggling with doubt. 
But God sure puts you on notice that you're in trouble when you come against his word and try to say that he can't do what he says he can do. Amen? And I want to tell you, there's a world of people out there today that better watch what they're saying about Almighty God. Amen? Because God watches over his word to perform it. And I can tell you this morning, anything you find in here, God is able and more than able to do. In fact, God's able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that you can even think or ask for according to the power of God that works in you. Somebody give God some praise. Amen. Well, let, let, let's get to that second scene real quick. Outside of the Sumerian city are four rejected men. And I'm saying they're rejected because they weren't outside the city because they wanted to be. They were outside of the city because they were not allowed inside the city. You see, they had a sickness. It was called leprosy. It was a disease that attacked their body. And in those days, there was no cure for leprosy. So these four guys are no longer able to stay with their family. They're no longer able to even stay inside the city. They're rejected by everybody, and they're pushed outside the city, and they're sitting out there, four of them, dying, four lepers men, forced outside of the city. They're hopeless, and they're helpless, and they're, they're afraid because they're dying. But then, look at this. They made a profound statement. I had it underlined a while ago. I hope you saw that when, we, when I was reading through the story. They made this statement. They said, why do we sit here until we die? Why, why are we just going to sit here and die? And, and boy, let me tell you, that was a profound statement. We, and and they, they surveyed the situation. They said, well... If we go inside Samaria, everybody's starving to death in there. We'll die in there anyway. I mean, we're no better off in there than we are out here. And then somebody came up with this idea. Why don't we, why don't we go to the Syrian army? It may just be that somebody in the Syrian army will have mercy on us and let us live. Give us some food. And if they do, we'll live. If they kill us... What's the difference in being killed there and dying here? I want, I want to say to you this morning, if you're dealing with rejection, what the enemy does with rejection, he pushes you. He, he wants to ostracize you. He wants to, he wants to separate you from friends. He wants to separate you from hope. He wants to separate you from any positive thinking. He wants to separate you from anything good. And, and then he wants to push you down. He just, he just wants to push you down to, till he gets you to the point where you just give up in your hopelessness and your despair. I want to tell you something. If, if you're dealing with rejection this morning, don't let the devil cause you to just sit there and die. Don't do it. Don't do it. Do something. <laughs> That's what faith is. Faith is, a, faith is a force that moves forward. And, and I know some people have trouble exercising faith because they're trying to exercise faith for some great big something. No, 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 no. And I, I'll show you in a little while just how important it is. Just exercise what little bit of faith you have for what little momentum or motion you can create. 
for these four guys, all they could do was start a little forward motion towards the camp of the Syrians. In fact, let let me use my imagination. I believe they probably had to help each other up. First of all, their disease, and secondly, their star, their their dying of starvation as well. And so they took what little strength they had, they helped each other up. And then when they got up, I, I I just imagine they probably had to lock their arms around each other and help each other walk. I don't think a one of them had enough strength to make it by themselves. And so the four of them are just struggling, and and they're not they're they're just they're just they're just barely. This is about all they're doing right here. They they get that foot there and they get in that foot there that's all the faith they had just enough faith to just just move one foot forward and another foot forward but let me tell you something this morning church god always responds to faith you believe that turn and tell your neighbor god responds to faith well <clears throat> they start their journey Observe their journey as they start towards the Syrian army. They're just, they're just moving along there, shuffling their feet. <laughs> but, but when you demonstrate faith to God, then God comes down and gets in the situation with you. And God hooked up an amplification system. I don't know whether he sent angels to do this. I don't know how he did it. I don't know whether he just spoke it and caused it to do it. I don't know whether he put amplifiers in the trees. I don't know how he did it. But God picked up the shuffling sound of four feeble feet uh, men. With that would be eight feet, though, good, wouldn't it? If they all, if they all still have both feet, he he, he picked up he picked up the uh, uh, the sound and magnified it and amplified it and again and again and again and put some sound effects behind it and made it so loud that the Syrian army thought they heard armies coming towards them. (laughs) I love the way God uses the supernatural when we exercise just a little bit of our faith. Amen? And, and, and they said, oh, my goodness, the, the, the Israelites have hired the Hittites and they've hired the Egyptians, two of the greatest armies in the world at that time. And they've all joined together and they're coming against it. They, it created absolute pandemonium in the Syrian army's camp. They, they were panic-stricken. They didn't, they didn't even have time to get their horses. They just started running for their lives. They left their clothes, they left their weapons, they left their food, they left everything. They just ran. And God must have kept that noise going and following them because they kept going further and further and further. All they do, they're just running for their lives. And it got as far away as they could get. And then these four guys come shuffling into town. And you know, they'd already talked about it. They said, when we get there, they're probably going to meet us as soldiers. They, they may try to kill us. If they kill us, it's okay. We're going to die anyway. But, but maybe one of them will have mercy on us. Let me tell you what shocked these four guys the most was the non-reception. The surprise of the non-reception. Nobody was there to receive them. Nobody. And so they, they go into a tent, and, man, there's food there. And these guys are starving, so they, they eat till they're full. 
They eat and drink. Man, they have themselves a party. They're having a banquet. They eat. And, they, and, and then when they got full, they looked around and said, my goodness, look at the gold and silver here. Look at all these nice clothes. We, we, we've been, you know, we don't have anything but the rags on our back. And they started gathering up clothes and gathering up gold and silver and, and, and running out and hiding them, hiding it so they can come back for it later. And then they, they go into another tent and they do the same thing. They spoil it. And then... They come up with another profound statement. Look at this. They said, we're not doing right. This is a day of good news, and we're holding our peace. And so they said, we need to go back and tell the story. And so they went back to Samaria. And you remember the rest of the story? They told the Samaritans, and the king kind of dealt with it a little bit. He was kind of confused. He thought it might be a trick or a trap. And finally, they did send some wagons, and they came back with loads of food and and, and then all of Samaria goes out to the Syrian army and spoils the Syrian army. And sure enough, according to the word of the Lord, the next morning, or that day, actually, that, that day, there, there was a shekel of, of, um, of, of fine flour could be bought for a seah. And two shekels of barley could be bought for a shield. Yeah, I mean cheap, boy. It's like getting a loaf of bread for 10 cents. Um, they, they were blessed. And, of course, the guy that doubted saw it, but he didn't get partake of it. Now, that's the story. Now, I'm very quickly going to make a little application from it. Is that okay? Tell your neighbor he's going to do this quickly. So don't, don't get nervous. Don't get nervous because I read that long text thinking I'm, I'm going to preach that long. I just want to give you a few little practical points from this story. Number one, number one, never give up. Never. Never. Turn to your neighbor and say, never give up. Never, never give up. Don't, don't do it. Don't sit there and die. I don't know what you're dealing with this morning. I don't know what you're struggling with this morning. I don't know, what, I don't know how great your rejection is. I don't know how far down you've been pushed or, or how bad you've been kicked or how bad you've been hurt. I don't know what you're dealing with today, but don't sit there and die. That's what the devil wants you to do. Don't do it. Refuse to give up. Refuse to give in. If you can't do anything but shuffle your feet, Put them in a forward motion and get to shuffling and see what God can do from there. Never give up. Never give up. Never give up. Secondly, do what you can. Do what you can. The reason some people miss the miracles of God is because they go after the whole thing when all God wants you to do is just take a little step of faith. Do what you can. Do what you can. Do what you can. You may not be able to do much, but you can do something. Do what you can. Now, <clears throat> I, I want to I demonstrate this by showing you a video, okay? I want you to watch this screen. I know it's kind of small, so you might have to strain your eyes, but I, I, want you to, I, want you, I want you to look at this little video, and I'll be back. Everybody knows about playing with dominoes, but what you may not know is that a domino can knock over another domino, which is about one and a half times larger. So what I have here is a chain of dominoes. Each one is one and a half times larger than the previous one. 
And the smallest domino is about five millimeters high and one millimeter thick. And I will carefully place it. And there are 13 dominoes. And the largest domino, it weighs about 100 pounds and is more than a meter tall. Ready? Boom. That was 13 dominoes. If I had 29 dominoes, the last domino would be as tall as the Empire State Building. Here we go. What's the physics going on here? Well, every time you stand up a domino, you lift it against gravity. And that stores some of gravitational potential energy in the domino. And you only have to put in a little bit of push to get it to that tipping point. And then you get all that energy back again when it falls over. And that's more than enough energy to knock over the next domino, which releases even more energy. So it turns out the amplification in this series of 13 dominoes is about 2 billion. So we put in a little tiny bit of energy at the beginning, and we get 2 billion times as much out at the end. But of course, we put all that energy in by lifting these dominoes and standing them up again. So that's a kind of chain reaction. You trigger it, and more and more energy comes out, and more and more energy is released each step. Let's see it in slow-mo. Now, you, you may not be interested in physics, and, and, and that might have bored you out, but I, I do want to make a point. I hope you, I hope you see this. This just burst in my spirit when I when I saw it uh, the other day. Um, the scripture, and I'll read them to you. Two, two scriptures came to my mind immediately. One of them is Luke 17 and 6. So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Jesus said it another time, another time in a different way in Matthew 17, 20. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it'll move, and nothing will be impossible to you. You see, this is not only the Word of God in a spiritual sense, but this is a law that God put in from His creation that works in every area. If you, if you heard that guy correctly, you heard him say that every one of those has the potential of knocking over another one that's one and a half times its size. And he only did 13. If he'd have done 29, the last one would have been as tall as the Empire State Building. I didn't, I didn't bring the video on another one, but I saw one where somebody was checking him out on that and they stopped when they got to the height of three stories. But I saw them start with a little one and knock over way higher than this building, three stories. And that, that was just, 
the point being that it doesn't take a lot of faith. Jesus said if it's just the size of a mustard seed, if it's just like that little, that first little domino that's so small he had to set it down with a pair of tweezers, if you'll just exercise the faith that you have on the next, I, I just finished uh, reading again a couple of books that, that uh, are testimonies that are fascinating to me. Uh, many of you have read uh, the one by um, Renee Murdoch. Some of you have that book. Renee was here with us uh, a couple years ago, giving her testimony. And a few years back, we followed her. She was walking on the beach in, in um, um, Brazil, and a man came out of nowhere and busted her in the head and then continued to beat her till uh, they didn't think she could possibly live, just crushed in her skull and just awful. And they said if she could live, she would be nothing but a vegetable. And and if you remember, <clears throat> we showed videos on Sunday after Sunday, Brother Philip, in that process, he, he would ask us to believe with him and pray with him for one little thing at a time. You remember that? He, he said, this week we're going to pray that she'll open her eyes. You, you know what he was doing? He was exercising his faith. It wasn't much. He didn't have faith for her total healing at, at the beginning. But he had faith to believe that God could let her open her eyes. And so he went after that first, and that first domino hit that little one. And then that one hit another one. And that one hit another one. And that, no wonder Jesus said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can move a mountain. You can move a mountain. Amen? Get a hold of this this morning, church. Get a hold of this. If you will, I read another book, Dr. Peggy Scarborough. Several years ago, we studied her book on uh, healing through spiritual warfare. Last year, she was having heart surgery, and during the surgery, she had a massive stroke. Worst kind of stroke you could have. The, the, the prognosis was that she will die, and that if she could possibly live, she would be a total vegetable the rest of her life. She did the same thing. They acted by faith, just one little thing at a time, one little thing at a time, one little thing at a time. And today, <laughs> she's completely healed, preaching and heading the South Carolina prayer team. And uh, I watch her, she comes on YouTube with her prayers week after week. And uh, it's just amazing, the stories. But in both of those books, what they did, they just exercised their faith for, for, the, for the little something that they could get a hold of, that little something that they could believe for. And, and <clears throat> my final point of the message, and I'm coming back to this and we're going to pray. My final point of the message is this. Tell the good news. Tell the good news. Those four lepers men said, we found, we've, we got a miracle and we're keeping it to ourselves. That's not good. We need to tell the good news. Church, we need to tell the good news. We need to be talking about the good news. I hear enough bad stuff. I, I, I wish I never had to click on you know, a Facebook or any other of the social media and see anybody from New Hope putting anything negative up about anything because there's absolutely too much good news to talk about for us to get caught up in the junk of this world. <clears throat> Amen. We need to tell the good news. We've got good news. We know the Lord. 
Jesus is our Lord. And, and God has given to every man. Say every man. That's not gender specific. It's to every person is what it really means. Say every person. God has given to every person the measure of faith. I don't know how big that is or how small that is. Jesus said if it's as small as a grain of mustard seed, it'll still work. Amen? So what I want you to do, we're going to stand with me if you will, please. Let, let's stand. We're going to pray. I want the prayer team to come on in and, and prepare to um, minister to our people this morning that want prayer. Here's, here's what I want you to do. I'm challenging you this morning. Here's what I want you to do. Those of you that are struggling with rejection, those of you that are going through a tough place right now, those of you that are trying to make some decisions, you don't know what to do or how to do it, those of you that are dealing with problems of any kind, maybe your marriage, your family, your kids, I don't know what it is, maybe it's your finances, whatever it is, I want you this morning to, to think of that one small step. Maybe, maybe it's just a shuffle. But you can, make your, you can take your faith one shuffle forward this morning and believe God. It may be something so small that we'd have to take a pair of tweezers to set it down. But I'm here to tell you this morning, if you'll exercise that faith, God will come behind it and it'll kick down that next wall and that next wall and that next wall and that next wall until the walls of Jericho are down and you can walk in with victory. God will give you the victory if you'll exercise your faith. Now, while heads are bowed, if you'll say, preacher, that's me, I need a miracle. I, I, need, a, I need help from God. I'm dealing with something that's bigger than I am. I, I don't know what to do, and I, I don't know where to go. I've struggled. Maybe you've struggled with it a long time, or maybe you're just... Maybe it just hit you this week. I don't know where, where your problem came from. But you'll say, preacher, I, 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 I need help from God. Will you just slip your hand up and put it back down? All over the bill. I need help from God. I need God's help in a situation this morning. I need God's help. I need God's help. Thank you. Thank you. All over the building. I see that hand. Here's what I want you to do. That, that mustard seed faith this morning, that, that first domino might, might be just walking down here to this altar, getting something in motion. Faith is a forward motion. Faith is something that's active. So, faith is something that moves. Don't sit there and die. M make a move forward. Some of you are already coming. Come on, the altars are open. If, if you want somebody to pray with you, they're here. If you just want to find a place and pray. But you'll say, preacher, I'm not going to stand here this morning and die in this situation. I'm, I'm going to put something in motion. I'm going to, I'm going to make that step forward this morning. I'm going, to, I'm going to bring that situation to the Lord. I'm going, to, I'm going to turn this over at the altar this morning. Come on, the altar's open. God bless you as you respond and pray.